Hello, my name is Emily. I have a new life in Christ, and I am in recovery from seeking the approval of man. Hey, guys. I grew up in a church where I was taught that if you were good enough and worked hard enough, maybe you would get into heaven. And at a very young age, I was placed in the gifted program in school where I was taught that hard work should come easy to me. So through that, I cultivated a self-inflicted need to work hard enough, be good enough, never mess up, and always make it look easy. I was a big fish in a small pond, but as time went on, the pond got bigger and I stayed the same. By the time I got to college, I couldn't compete academically, so I shifted my focus and started to pursue a popularity. I joined a sorority, I was heavily involved in my school's media department, and I dove into party culture. I walked the razor's edge of getting grades just good enough to make it look like I had everything under control and never let anyone see me stressed or nervous. No matter what I had done the night before, I cleaned myself up and I made it to church every Sunday morning and I thought that that's what made my faith alive. But the truth is I was far away from God. I found my identity in being wanted by people, especially men. I fell into the sins of lying and manipulation to get people to like me. I became a chameleon, mimicking others' behaviors and attitudes. I said things I didn't mean, and I did things I wasn't comfortable with just to feel like I was part of the fold. I found my worth in being good enough. And after college, it didn't get better, it got worse. With a job and a paycheck, I could fund my habits, and weekend drinking turned into recreational drugs. My rock-bottom moment combined all my sin struggles into one perfectly deadly cocktail. In an attempt to impress a boy I desperately wanted to like me, I consumed an amount of drugs far beyond my tolerance. And here's the crux of my story, and a moment I can only explain as a miracle. As my body was shutting down, I woke up, and I ran outside, I contacted my roommate, and I got to safety. I spent some time in the hospital, and more time at home with my parents. Their confusion and anguish still haunts me to this day. I never told them anything other than what I thought they wanted to hear, so when the real truth was revealed, they didn't recognize their own daughter. Although I, all I wanted was to forget everything that had happened and just go back to the way things were, my family recognized a need for deep change in my heart. My brother had been attending Watermark for a few years and knew about a recovery ministry they hosted every Monday night. So the following Monday, my brother escorted me into the sanctuary and sat right next to me, probably to ensure I didn't try to leave. Um, uh, and I just sat there and cried because I was mad and embarrassed. Um, I didn't want recovery, I wanted relapse. I wanted to go back to the life I was comfortable with, but I was also terrified to disappoint my family, so I made a deal with myself. I could skate through a year of some dumb recovery group, skimming the surface, checking the boxes to make it look like I had changed. And then when everyone was off my back, I could go back to the way things were. That worked well. <laughs> I began groundwork with my heart locked and chained, sharing only surface-level stories, always tying them up with a neat bow to show that I had everything figured out just fine. Thank you. But all the while, God was working on my heart. No matter how closed off I made myself, he knew exactly the testimonies that would begin to soften my heart. He knew the groundwork leaders to place in my circle that slowly began to chip away the walls that I built. And one Monday night in Groundwork, my circle's leader spoke truth into me that shattered my entire understanding of recovery. See, I thought sitting in that circle meant admitting I wasn't good enough to be a Christian, but Regen was gonna dust me off and turn me into a picture-perfect Christian who never messes up again. 
So imagine my shock when this leader told me that Regen does not fix anything, nor is it supposed to. What it does offer is this, healing from past hurts and resentments, recovery from sin struggles, and most of all, freedom from the chains of being good enough. Because the truth is this, we are not good enough, but it doesn't matter because God loves us enough that he sent his son to die for us anyways. There were two steps in the process that I can mark as more turning points in my recovery. The first is step four, inventory, where I wrote down everything I never even wanted to admit to myself, much less others, which I ended up having to do in step five, confess. I spent my whole life covering up my mistakes, hiding my feelings, and denying my sin struggles. So seeing them all written down in these charts was transformational. I could literally see a common thread through all my resentments, fears, and hurts. I just wanted people to think, to think I was good enough. And I thought that being anything other than perfect would turn them away from me. So as you can imagine, I was scared out of my mind to confess a lifetime's worth of sins to my community group. I thought for sure they would want nothing to do with me after hearing everything that I had done. So. With great trepidation, I invited them over and spent an hour shakily and sweatily reading everything I had written. <laughs> I watched them watch me, intently interested and engaged. One girl even took notes. And when it was all over, they had questions, but not to convict me, to understand me. Because when they learned more about me, all those parts I wanted to keep hidden and locked away, they didn't like me less, they loved me more. And that's when I came to another ground-shaking revelation. True community and connection comes not from being perfect together, but from sharing in our brokenness. How are we supposed to relate to somebody who doesn't seem like they have any problems? But when someone comes forward with their struggles, the parts of them that aren't shiny and perfect, that's the moment when we can share ours too and point each other towards the forgiveness that comes in Christ. So now that I'm on the other side of the regen process, I would like to reiterate that this does not fix you. I am not, nor will I ever be good enough. In fact, I spent the night of my commencement on the verge of tears because the Holy Spirit was convicting me of some lies that I had told my parents. So as soon as my commencement party wrapped up, I jumped in the car and drove to Fort Worth to tearfully confess to my parents. And that is what Regen is about, guys. It doesn't make you a sinless person. It equips you with the tools to recognize sin and bring it into the light. I don't like using the term slippery slope because I equate that with speed. I feel like you slip fast. My drift away from God was so slow, I didn't even notice. That's why I love the metaphor that Jesus uses of sheep. A sheep gets separated from the herd, not because it runs in the other direction. It gets separated because it stops looking to the shepherd to show it where to go. Sheep get distracted by things of the world, eating some grass, looking at clouds. And before they know it, the herd's moved on and they're lost. And without a shepherd to protect them, they're in danger. But we know the story after that, right? Luke 15, 4 through 6 says this. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that's lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I've found my sheep that was lost. While I was wandering away from the herd time and time again, putting myself in unimaginable danger, God was chasing after me. While I was walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God picked me up 
and put me on his shoulders and brought me home. And I kicked and screamed the whole way. He didn't put me down, he brought me home, and he didn't put me in timeout, which is what I was afraid of my whole life. He wasn't even mad, he threw a party. So if this is your first time at Regen, know this. God is relentless in finding you where you are. No matter how far you've strayed from the herd, he will come and get you. He'll pick you up, he'll carry you home, and the party's better than any you've ever known. My name's Emily. I have a beautiful new life in Christ. All thanks be to God.